This is Learning Innovation, the teaching and learning podcast, also known as LittlePod. We are created by Lethbridge College's Centre for Teaching, Learning and Innovation, located in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, on the traditional lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy. In the spirit of equity, diversity and inclusion, and Nitsitapi Simstan, or real thinking, we play host to a spectrum of guests from the teaching and learning community. As we highlight and explore innovation in education, we hope to kindle warm conversations, expand perspectives, and foster lasting partnerships today, tomorrow, and beyond. The future of learning starts now. Okay, and welcome to episode number 49 of The Little Pod. Today, we're talking with Kristen Bond and Craig McCarthy, two instructional designers from Lethbridge College's Centre for Teaching, Learning and Innovation. Kristen and Craig will be sharing about how they're using generative AI in their own work and the opportunities it's creating for instructors in teaching and learning contexts. Welcome, Craig and Kristen. Good morning. Morning. Thanks for having us. So I know that you are both very excited about this topic and you've really been uh, paying attention to all of the latest developments. But before we jump into the AI side, can you explain what an instructional designer does? Um, yeah, so I only just started as an instructional designer this past year. Um, and really, it's about partnering with um, you know, faculty and subject matter experts and a design team to create learning experiences and courses, micro-credentials, things like that. So a lot of what we do is, is um, bring the education perspective to this process and make sure that things are aligning with educational theory, as well as doing the kind of project management of just getting the experts to be able to transfer their knowledge to the page, essentially. So, um, yeah, that's a big part of what we do. Okay. Um, that's wonderful. And it, it sounds like that's uh, very helpful in the educational uh, creating courses and then development. Um, how are you using and experimenting with generative AI as instructional designers? So when I started, uh, that was really when this kind of generative AI was making a big change in the whole world, really. Uh, it was kind of all over the media. And when I was just starting in this role, I could, based on the conversations that were happening, it was clear that it was really important to be thinking about how generative AI could change the way things were being done. So as I was learning anything new, often what I was doing was asking like, is this something that AI could do? I hadn't used AI at all previously to starting here, but then kind of use this training opportunity to like learn what are the different ways that it could be used. And Kristen is also very like excited about trying all this new stuff. And so that was just kind of, uh, as I was learning all these the different parts of the role, just seeing what are these different ways that we could bring AI in? And the answer, typically when I would say, like, can I, AI do this? It was often, yes, it can. <laughs> or at the very least, it can help us significantly. So, um, like, even things that we wouldn't have expected initially, some of the, uh, the most obvious things are just, like, writing some content or something like that, like writing an introduction to a piece. But there was things that were much more complicated that I was very surprised by early on, like writing a rubric for an assignment and, you know, actually formatting it in a rubric style in, in like a grid uh, or using uh, it to create kind of these unit plans essentially for our course plans and making sure that things are aligned, like assessments and uh, activities are aligned with the curriculum and things like that. So we're, we're using it really on an everyday basis for lots of different things. But um, as we've progressed, we're kind of 
finding more and more complex ways or complex things that uh, generative AI can do for us. What a time to come into a new job when yeah. all of that is happening at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Kristen, what about for you? Yeah, I think um, AI has been around for a long time, like artificial intelligence in general. It's not a new term for us, but generative AI is. And it feels as though it came out of nowhere, but yet it is an integral part of our job now. Like we don't go a day without using generative AI. Like ChatGPT is probably the one we use the most, but there are a few others as well. Um, but yeah, generative AI is the large language models that can generate a lot of output with a very simple prompt. And it is quite amazing um, what it's capable of. Uh, so yeah, we've been experimenting with it a lot. And Craig and I often talk about what it can do and what it can't do and, and all those sorts of things. And so how has generative AI changed your work? Uh, well, just carrying on from what Craig was saying, he was talking about how we use it to um, create rubrics and populate content and create our curriculum frameworks like unit plans. And that has just alleviated tons of time for us. Um, and so where we were spending triple the amount of time creating all of that stuff from scratch, we are using that time now to do things like be more creative and look at pedagogy of things. So spending more time on things like accessibility, UDL, branding, customization, uh, creating interactives, making things more engaging for students. Um, our conversations, I feel like, are also different, whereas before we were talking a lot about like what we had to do. Now we can talk a lot about how we're going to do it and why we're going to do it. So just conversation wise that's shifted. Um, and then it allows for customization too and, and quick prototyping. So it's changed how we worked with our design team. We can create a lot more content or um, a quick prototype of a design element to share with different people on our team. Um, so that's been fun. And um, Craig was actually just talking to me about uh, when he, they had to meet with a client who wanted um, connections between welding and renewable energy industry, which we know nothing about. <laughs> and where that would have taken us a lot of time to do research for it, ChatGPT can just like reveal that information. What are those connections? But it can also give us opportunities. It could give us challenges, um, create critical thinking questions, uh, and I guess what they did with it, I wasn't a part of this, but what they did with it was use ChatGPT to then create a very specific formatted one pager and brought that to the client. And the conversation with the client, then it turns away from just creating content to here's what we have. Let's evaluate this. Let's talk about it. And it becomes more of a focused and forward thinking conversation. That's really amazing. And that ultimately leads to better quality courses and, and education for the student. Yeah, exactly. And one other thing I meant to say is that the speed with which we can do stuff now, um, like we can scale things a lot better so we can make more projects in shorter amount of time, but with even higher quality. So quality does not diminish because we can do things faster now. So that's a super fun shift too. Yeah, that's wonderful. Did you want to add anything, Craig? Yeah, just, just I think the 
in that example with um, you know creating this one pager about welding and renewable energy, that was a situation where uh, I found myself looking at this project thinking this is going to take me a long time and I was starting to spin my wheels on it. And that's often the time where I start thinking like, is this something that AI can do? And it just changed the dynamic between um, normally we would have had to consult a lot more or get a lot more work out of a subject matter expert to complete that content. Whereas it changed that relationship where the subject matter was very, uh, expert was very busy, but we could create this one pager and just bring it to them for that feedback and say like, make sure that this is all, you know, good information, that this is accurate. And they were so thrilled because they were really happy with the output that it was able to create and impressed by it and able to verify it. And it saved them so much time and like reduce the strain on that relationship too. Um, so yeah, it was just a, that was a really positive interaction um, that changed quite a few dynamics in that, in that whole situation. So that's a really great example of uh, how AI can be used uh, for both sides to help with the subject matter expert, as well as the instructional designer. Mm -hmm. So where do you see uh, Generate AI providing opportunities for students? So I can take this one because uh, currently I'm a, uh, doing a master's at the University of Lethbridge. And so um, I've been trying to take opportunities as a, to experience this from the student perspective, because that is something that uh, instructors and teachers kind of everywhere are quite nervous about is what um, what students can or can do with, with AI. So... Um, I've been quite open with my professor about like what I'm trying to experiment with and, and that sort of thing. But I've been just trying to do these same things of like when I'm doing an assignment, how can I use AI to enhance this product, not to replace my own work or to replace my own understanding. But um, there was a lot of different examples of, of things I did. Like I tried dictating notes rather than typing notes or dictating an essay, which will re result in something that's very messy. Like grammar is bad. Um, the way we speak is different than the way we write and all that kind of stuff. And so then, uh, but it allowed me to just kind of speak more freely, um, which can be a, a difficulty that people have when they're writing um, to just get those words out and get them on the page. But the process of cleaning that up was going to be quite onerous. So I took my transcript and gave that to ChatGPT and said, can you clean this up um, into just so that it looks something, like something that's written instead of spoken, essentially. And the first time I did that, it changed so much vocabulary and, and meaning and stuff like that, that I would not have been comfortable handing that in. And it didn't really feel too close enough to my original product. But when I gave it a little bit more specific prompt saying, can you don't replace my vocabulary, keep the meaning, just only change things when there's like a grammatic, something that's necessary for grammar reasons. And that took basically exactly what I said and just changed that, that medium from like spoken to, to written. And I was able to turn, you know, and then I did one more passive editing through that as well, but I turned that in and gave my, those different drafts to my professor being open about what I'd done. And it was just such a positive experience and something that ended up saving me a lot of time, but was still absolutely communicating my learning. Um, so there's so many different examples of ways people can use ChatGPT that are not just asking you to write their essay for them. Um, especially with people with different diverse learning needs, there's um, just more ways than we can think of um, that it could be really beneficial for students as long as it's being, you know, an open conversation with instructors and that, you know, there's transparency about the way it's being used and that that's all right. Yeah, as you were describing that, that was one of the things that came to my mind is um, all those UDL principles. And that would be a great way for a student that maybe struggles with getting that writing down first. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll piggyback on that. Uh, there's... I think what, what Craig is 
alluding to as well is that open conversation between students and instructors. And like generative AI is evolving so fast and we can't even catch up to it. Um, and it's one of those things that it has already disrupted education and you can view it as a positive disruptor or a negative disruptor. And one of the positive ways to view it is to think, you know, there's, there's that um, hesitancy to use something without being an expert at it. Right. And especially as a teacher, you don't want to go into a situation necessarily and be like, I don't know all the things and students are asking you questions. Um, but we're not going to know all the things and we're never going to, I think in the near future with generative AI. And so creating those open discussions is one of the biggest opportunities I think that instructors can have with students to ask them, how are you using it? How can we use it? This is how I'm using it. What are the ways that we shouldn't use it? How does it help us? How does it not help us? Um, I think to do that and to have some guidelines for your course or for a given assignments can be so beneficial. That's a great point, Kristen. And yeah, it is happening so quickly. And so I think maybe instructors have to have some comfort with knowing, with not knowing. So on the flip side, we've been talking about students um, and we've started to talk about what this is means for instructors as well. So where do you see generative AI providing opportunities for instructors? Um, I think that there's lots of new frameworks coming out and new models to help instructors integrate AI. One of them is called SAMR. SAMR has been around for a long time, um, since 2006, I believe. And it's a way to help you integrate any sort of tech into your classroom, but it's being adapted now for generative AI. Uh, SAMR stands for substitution, augmentation, modification, and redefinition. And it's just, um, helpful in being intentional about how you're going to include something like generative AI into your course. For example, um, with the substitution part, you can think about what sort of tasks or skills that AI or generative AI could automate for you. So those kind of lower level blooms, um, knowledge based things of getting vocabulary or um, if your students know how to summarize, getting generative AI to summarize an article, collect data, uh, create an outline. So then you can spend your time as a student uh, doing other things, doing higher order level thinking. So um, we can put the SAMR model in the, in the show notes, but it's a, it's a fun one. So yeah, what Kristen was talking about is like, there's, there's lots of curricular changes that I think will inevitably be coming to a lot of different programs because of just how much AI has shaken things up. But there's also... Um, that's that's something that's like can be very overwhelming for instructors and institutions and, and things like that. Um, but from like an instructor workload perspective, there's so many opportunities for AI to help reduce that workload. So even though like we are experiencing a big change and there, there's a lot of stress right now around what the what's going or the changes that are happening with AI, there is so much more opportunity um, for that to be something that's positive for their workloads. And that's something that we were just describing, or and it's similar to what Kristen was describing about students being able to focus more on higher order things. And with as instructional designers, we're able to take a, some of the more grunt work tasks and spend less time doing those and be able to spend more time on uh, more important issues. So um, having generative AI be able to create a rubric for you instead of writing it from scratch, where 
even though there is thought and, and skill involved in creating a rubric, there's so much time like physically creating that rubric takes, you know, can take multiple hours sometimes or um, creating an assignment, creating a case study. Like, like you can have AI write a multi-page case study for a medical setting and now you're just evaluating it to make sure it's accurate instead of typing out the entire thing. And so it really just can reduce the amount of mental effort that you're having to put into a lot of different tasks. And like we were saying before, without reducing the quality as long as you're being careful about the way that you're using it. So um, I think that there there are a lot of changes that it's going to pre present for instructors, but there's so much opportunity for it to be something that doesn't necessarily increase their workload, but can really uh, reduce it. Now, you've both... Um touched on on um, these ideas a little bit, but um, I'm wondering how you think all of these changes will affect how we measure learning outcomes. Yeah, I, I just read an article on how generative AI is shifting how this one English instructor is now grading writing. Um, and we are just having a conversation with an instructor around the use of Grammarly and um, seeing the potential to shift uh, certain learning outcomes away from, let's say, having to do all the grammar work by yourself in a piece of writing. Whereas in the real world, we all use Grammarly, right? Like, well, if, if you don't, <laughs> then you should be. Um, and so why not show kids that, Grammarly exists and that we should use it in order to get our point across. Um, and so there are lots of ways that generative, generative AI can help with some of those skills. And so having that as an outcome might not be necessary anymore. Um, so something like that is where I would see an immediate shift. Yeah. And one thing that we've, we've uh, seen, we've read a lot about uh, recently online, and, and it's been kind of a, something that's come up in conversation a lot, is, is a shift in focus from the, the product of learning to the process of learning, where generative AI does exactly that. It generates things so easily that the product at the end becomes less valuable because it's so easily accessible. And a student, you know, a, a multi-page essay represents a significant amount of work, but now that that can be generated in seconds, um, there's kind of less value and um, on that piece of writing uh, as well, you know, there's there's academic integrity and concerns and, and things like that. So it almost kind of forces you to, to shift onto how can we really ensure that they're learning in the end, uh, not just by them submitting this final product, but by watching throughout that process and taking more maybe like anecdotal notes or having more reflective um, assessments and, and things like that. And so that's what I've really noticed myself as a student trying to use AI in my own uh, assignments that I'm completing um, for my courses, that uh, it just naturally ends up turning into a more reflective piece. So rather than doing a, an essay for a final project for this, uh, for a course I'm in right now, it will likely end up being more of a reflection of how did I use AI throughout this learning process to uh, understand this issue. Um, uh, yeah, and that will end up kind of being kind of a, an inquiry uh, throughout of just um, reflecting on that that learning process and having to show that. And that does take, I think, more, um, it does make the assignment a little bit more cumbersome or the, that the final result is a little bit less uh, neat. Um, but 
I think that's going to be a positive shift. That is something that we ideally would like to move towards in education anyways, is, is focusing more on the process of learning. That must be an interesting perspective to be looking and using generative AI, both as the student and as an instructional designer in education. That must be quite helpful, I would imagine. Yeah, that's that's the approach that I went in with it, was that this is a really great professional learning opportunity. because, um, And that's one of the reasons why we recommend having those conversations with students, because if you are a student doing these things, like you're seeing so many things that you would never think of if you were an instructor. And, and that's... Um, that there are so many more possibilities than just generating an essay with with generative AI. Um, and unless you're experimenting with it, you won't come up with many of those ideas. So um, those conversations with students about how they're using it will be very insightful uh, for instructors to, to hear just the variety of different ways that it's being used. And some of those ways might be completely appropriate and other ways might be completely inappropriate, but then at least those things are, you're, they're aware of them and, and they're having those open conversations. Right. So a balanced viewpoint is important to have when using generative AI, um, but are there ways to encourage those who use it, who might be resistant to it, or at least view it through a more positive lens? I think just to echo what Craig said was talk to students about how they're using it, but how it helps them. So in a given assignment, um, no matter what skills are being asked, um, you can see what parts generative AI can be helpful for, what parts it shouldn't be used for. Um, and I think when you create those constructs around, here's an assignment, here's where we're going to use um, generative AI, and here's where we're not, and students are on board with that, it becomes a more positive experience rather than saying you can't use generative AI and then having students still use it, but then hiding it and creating that negative relationship between them and the course, them and their instructor, them and their work. Um, yeah, it's just that, that open dialogue and just instructors trying it out. Like just, it's so easy. It is such a simple entry point into AI, like ChatGPT, a free account. It's a conversation. Um, there's times when if Craig's not available to talk through something with me, I can go in chat GBT and ask it questions. And it's like having a conversation, a colleague to talk to. Yeah. It's, it's really remarkable. Like just being able to bounce an idea off someone, just like just having a conversation with someone is often something that's so helpful. And, you know, it sounds kind of weird to have a conversation with AI, but like just, it helps you just think to just be able to, to speak to anyone basically <laughs> about something sometimes. And, um, that, that was going to be my recommendation as well, is just like just to try it yourself in your own work because, yeah, you can make a free account and it's there's no technology learning curve. It's just you're just typing it as if you were going to talk to another person. And when you experience what it can do, when you realize like that, oh, this can generate an essay in seconds or this could generate something that I practically need in my own life, like a, a unit plan or these kind of things, um, you it starts to change your thinking about what the role of AI is going to be. Um, so, uh, for instance, like I, I was teaching a, a class on, on unit planning to student teachers, and it's very important that student teachers know how to unit plan. They, they need to know how to do that on their own. They need to know how to evaluate the quality. But at the same time, teachers are also so overworked that if they can spend, you know, an hour instead of a day creating a 
like planning. Um, that's a huge like benefit to them. Uh, and that's what like, it would be silly, I think, to do otherwise, as long as you're able to maintain that quality. So um, yeah, I, it, using it changes your perspective on, on um, why it is like, why it can be such a positive thing and what's important for students to learn. I think that maybe that's one of the things that really affects is <laughs> it challenges what's important. Um, and busy work isn't very important most of the time. Sometimes it can be to, to get through that learning process, but other times, you know, your attention's better spent elsewhere. So I'm curious to know, as instructional designers, has any of your experimentation with generative AI really surprised you? Can you give some examples of that? I'm just continually surprised by how easy it is to use uh, and just that conversational aspect. I think every day when I sit down and I'm like, okay, what work do I have to do today? And I start thinking about it. Um, and then I think, well, how is generative AI going to help me? Like that is a thought that comes into my head all the time now. How can generative AI help me? And that's how can it augment how I do my work? And to have that thought come so habitually now and so quickly since, you know, the, the spring, um, that's been surprising to me. Yeah, it, it is like a, a total mindset change. Um, I've compared it to like when, it reminds me of when I first heard like Google as a verb, that there was kind of like a, a collective mindset shift of like, oh, we don't, we can actually Google this. We can look this up immediately now. And, and, um, and now that's what we do by default and we don't even think about it. But before, like I remember it was like a new term as a new way of thinking about things. Um, I just was continually... Um, surprised at how much I underestimated what it was capable of. I had learned, uh, like I had some background in programming and, and robotics before. And so I used to teach middle school students a little bit about chatbots before it got to this generative AI process and trying to show them how limited chatbots were and how, how uh, weak their understanding of concepts was. And now I've completely walked back from that, that, um, uh, right now, the course I'm taking is on critical thinking, and I, it is able to combine unrelated topics and have insightful um, things to say about those things in ways that I wouldn't have imagined. And it can really um, be used in such a creative way that's not just regurgitating some article or some like piece from the internet that is heard elsewhere, but really combine ideas in in ways that I wouldn't have expected. So, um, yeah, I feel like it's more about our own imagination of like, what can we do with it? We definitely have not reached the limits of what we can do with the tools that we have right now. So that leads me to my next question. Looking to the future, how do you see generative AI evolving in instructional design and or in education in general? Um, I stumbled upon Dr. Philippa Hardman quite a number of months ago when all of this generative AI stuff was, was hyping up. And recently she wrote an article um, discussing how we need to reframe how we think about AI, um, not thinking of it as a technology, but more as an infrastructure. So if we open up a new way of thinking about it, then we can see how it can have a different relationship between us and it. Um, she made the connection between um, electricity and generative AI. So whereas electricity fundamentally changed how we lived, generative AI 
um, can also change how we live, work, learn. Um, and I think there's a lot of hesitancy around students using AI in particular. I think it stems from that product output where we can just offload and automate our human work. And I think that's where a lot of um, instructors' hesitancy comes from who aren't comfortable with it, who haven't tried it, who aren't using it in their classrooms. And yes, it can do that, as um, we've mentioned before, but it can't do it well unless it's prompted properly. And if it's used properly, then it can actually augment how we use it. So it can be an extension of our human work instead of us just offloading. Um, our work onto it. And then that allows us to, um, as we were saying before, like free up cognition for other tasks. So it can offload certain skills in a way um, where we are using it to do some of those administrative tasks or those lower level tasks. And then we can spend time in other places and do um, other thinking and creativity and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mentioned before just that I I'm, I'm hoping that it will help us to shift more towards the process of learning rather than the, than the product of, of learning. But there's only, um, even though I think it's going to have like massive changes on, on the way that education goes, you know, over the next few decades and, and beyond. But um, even though it can generate like really impressive products, um, depending on what you're doing, like the, the same learning isn't happening when you're just evaluating someone else's work. A lot of our examples that we were giving today were about how um, we, we needed to create a product and we were able to not spend as much time working on that product and, and spend time at the end evaluating it. But when you're learning something brand new, going through that, that rough process can be really helpful. So um, an example that I, I just tried out was I had for a university project at one point, I had to do a, an inquiry onto a uh, it was it was on inquiry-based learning, and I had to do this for myself, like try this inquiry-based learning approach first. So learn about a topic and represent it in some physical way. So I ended up writing about um, why Jupiter is not a star, because I was curious about this concept. And I ended up, you know, writing a whole big poem about it and then like creating a physical representation of it. And so I wondered to myself, like now, years later, could I have had ChatGPT do that? And... I absolutely could. I had it, I tried it out and it was like, okay. I mean, I'm biased, but I don't think it was good as, as, as good as mine, but it was able to do that. But I, when I looked at that, it really, I wouldn't have learned anything from that part of the process. And the, it did make a couple connections. It did explain, it did answer my question. Well, this is the, maybe, you know, kind of the three reasons why, but there was so much other learning that happened through that process that wouldn't have happened had I not done it myself. So um, I do think it's going to change things significantly in education, but those fundamental pieces of, of like actually grappling with topics and doing things for yourself is like, that's here to stay. <laughs> There's importance in learning new, um, the facts yourself and, and having things in your own memory, not just in AI. But Sounds like a very exciting time to be working in education. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, there's, I think, major shifts for sure. So... Given everything that we've talked about, why is it important for instructors to start to use AI and and try to embrace it? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think it all comes down to what is the purpose of education. And the purpose of it is to prepare students for what comes after. 
And that after is going to involve AI. It is not going anywhere. It is disrupting everything, not just education. And so if we can find ways to use it in our courses to help students um, ethically, responsibly, positively, efficiently use AI in different matters and different contexts, that is only going to be beneficial to them. And if we steer away from it and we keep being afraid of it, that is just going to do a disservice to them. Yeah, we, we want to be preparing students for the jobs that they're going into. Um, and yeah, to, to ignore AI um, is going to not prepare them for a significant part of what that job's going to look like in the future in the same way that we want to teach them about how to use computers in their, in their, um, in their work and integrate other things that are extremely important for them. Uh, AI is absolutely going to be very important for most fields um, in the near future. So looking into how those, uh, how AI might affect those fields and how you could be preparing students for those different things, um, that is something that students are wanting to know for sure is, is how can um, I use AI? So um, for just a very last quick question, um, I want to find out if you have any prompt suggestions, but maybe before I ask that, can you just talk, we've heard this word, some people have heard this word prompt. What is that? And then do you have any prompt suggestions you can leave us with? So yeah, the, you know, prompt engineering is something that I've heard in the media a lot right now. And it sounds a little bit scary or something, or like there's like this, this huge art to it. And that, like in a way that there is, but you can, it doesn't have to be intimidating really. Like the most common thing that we do is just give it a role just give it a little bit of context for what it is that you're saying. So if I'm asking you to create a rubric for something, um, I'm having it like a, I would a conversation with someone who doesn't know what I'm doing. I'm just saying, you know, I give it a role saying like, you are an instructor in this course that's about this topic, create an assignment that's on this, you know, outcome or something like that. And that's really all it has to be, is just giving a little bit of context for, um, for what it is that you're asking it. Well, thank you both for joining the podcast today. It was amazing hearing about how you're using generative AI and the opportunities that it is creating for others in the world of teaching and learning. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we sign off? As Craig and I have referenced many times throughout this is just to go in and try it. Um, some of the like things that you can do is ask ChatGPT what you should ask it. Um, if you get a free account and you just go in and be like, Hey, this is my first time here. Like, what can you talk about? What can you do? How can we have some fun? Um, it will answer you. You don't need to know exactly what, what you want. Um, you can also just like get it to generate examples of things like so fast, um, and then evaluate those, uh, explain a certain topic to like a high school student, an elementary school student. There's, it's just, it's phenomenal. Um, what it can actually do. So we just recommend that you sign up and just start trying it out. And I'm just going to repeat the exact same thing that it's, <laughs> if you haven't tried it, um, you, like you don't understand how much it can, can impact your workload. Um, I had a, a friend who's an instructor worried about their workload, uh, having to create all these case studies. And I just said, try having ChatGPT do this where you hadn't used it before. And just in a, in a three-minute conversation said, like, just ask it to create this and give it, explain it like you would to someone else. And he did it and called me back. It, like, that took me 45 minutes. That saved me two days worth of work. Um, he was so excited about it. And so 
there's not a lot of learning curve and there's always fear around like trying a new tech tool that there's going to take time and it might not end up paying off. Like I just want to assure people like it will pay off if you're nervous about it, like try it and you'll, you will end up saving time. I can almost guarantee it. Okay. That's wonderful to hear um, about the different ways that you guys have been using generative AI. It's quite fascinating. And I think that, um, I think that anyone listening to this, I think you'll have alleviated many of their worries or concerns with using generative AI. So that's very exciting. And um, it will be interesting to talk to you both again, say in another six months to see how much things will have changed again in that time. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you, Donna. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. This episode featured Donna McLaughlin as host and Kristen Bond and Craig McCarthy as guests. Jordana Gagnon was our producer. Ryan Robinson was our sound technician and editor. Thank you also to Janice Michelle and Kelsey Jansen for their ongoing support and expertise. Our podcast is funded by Lethbridge College's Centre for Teaching, Learning and Innovation and recorded on the traditional lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy. For more episodes, head to our website, learninginnovation.ca. Thanks for listening and take care.